It's Cookie Lab. Hi, and welcome to the 100th Cookie Lab. Yay! I'm Jill. And I'm Chris. You can see the confetti in your feed, and uh, we have party hats on. Not true. And sparkly clothing, uh, just like the Queen's Jubilee. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's very exciting. And we thought long and hard about the 100th episode. Well, it's not really the 100th episode. It's the 100th cookie. Oh, okay. Did we have some episodes with more than one cookie? We had some episodes where we, yeah, had more than one cookie, but we also had episodes where we replayed episodes. Yes, yes, the so, day olds. Yeah. So our When day one olds, or the other of us was away on vacation and it was not possible to podcast. Exactly. So this technically is the 100th cookie. Great. Then we can make another exciting cookie for the 100th. Have we already had the 100th episode? We've it should already be had the 100th Work out about episode. the same. Okay, sure. all right. Yeah. The 100th cookie. Yeah. So here we are in our party wear, ready to eat a festive cookie. I would imagine it's a festive cookie. I wanted to make... Okay. This recipe, which is for creme brulee cookies, I realized I'd get to use a blowtorch. So you can imagine, you know. <laughs> did you have a blowtorch? I did not. So... I obtained a blowtorch. They are not super expensive. I think it was about $30. Now, did you get a kitchen blowtorch or did yes. you go to the hardware it's, store? No, it's a cute... Funny you should ask. My husband is a welder and we have lots of... <laughs> you should have just used the welding blowtorch. <laughs> it's huge. Um, it, it like has giant acetylene tanks the size of, you know, my torso. It, it would have been It would have been overkill in the lab. So I got a cute little culinary blowtorch and I was going to have him or one of my kids who's a scout, whoever was around, help me. No one was around. I did it myself. It worked out fine. I'm here to report. If anyone wants to do it, you can do it. You have full eyebrows and eyelashes. <laughs> At the kitchen store, they told me to do it outside. Really? And <laughs> Oh, my goodness. I later realized when reading the materials that what they meant was that I should refill the canister with butane outside. But I don't. you don't have to blowtorch your food outside. It's very manageable. It's a small, manageable flame. Okay. Yeah, sure. Did you have to wear goggles? You know, I didn't wear goggles, but I do wear eyeglasses, which is almost as good. Yeah. I mean, we always wear goggles in the laboratory, right? Uh, Of course. Uh, And a flame proof uh, coat. (laughs) Tyvek suit. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. All right. All right. So, yeah. So I made creme brulee cookies. Creme brulee is one of my daughter Summer's absolute favorite things. So now I'm excited that I can, you know, whip up a batch of these cookies and bring them to her anytime for a visit yeah yeah so tell us about it is creme brulee an old treat or a relatively new treat it's a very old treat we're not 100 percent sure how old and it's one of those things that might have evolved independently in more than one place like i believe when you talked about the pinata we talked about some sure there were pinatas in china and there were pinatas in in spain and there were pinatas in mexico right. all simultaneously right so i think that might be the case here i mean this is the basic ingredients are things you would have on a farm right like you make a custard out of the eggs sure. when the milk is in the spring is very rich 
Why? Yeah, milk is rich all the time. Oh well, the internet indicated that perhaps oh, the grass-fed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in Spain, okay, like a thousand years ago. So um, there are a couple different names for it. Creme brulee is French. There's creme catalan in Spain. That um, might be the oldest. There are also ones in England called something like, I forget, Trinity Custard or something like that. Mm-hmm. But the oldest written down recipe is from France. Okay. Okay. The oldest published recipe or or historical recipe that you can find? That's someone that anyone has found. I mean, this is one of those, you know, things that people... Like in 1691, we begin to see written recipes for for creme brulee in French cookbooks. Okay. But other people in other countries had been doing it even longer. So we can't really say. And it's a custard that you whip up and then bake in a little ramekin. I've had creme brulee in something other than ramekins. Oh, okay. I yeah. have not. Oh. And then, you know, there's flan, which is like that, but turned upside down with stuff poured on top of it, right? It's basically a custard that you either blowtorch as i did there's something called a salamander that is like a metal disc that you would heat and then kind of go like a brand on top of your custard really and also there are some cultures that make like a little caramelized disc and that they then place on top of the custard oh so they make it completely separate yeah so what i did was dip my frosted cookie in granulated sugar and then blowtorch it and it's the sugar that melts and browns yes and Chris, after all these months of substandard cookies, I think I have a winner. All right. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm excited to you, taste it. You should be. All right. Let's go. Okay. It's kind of a, not a straight up sugar cookie base, but essentially a sugar cookie base. It has brown and white sugar. And cream cheese frosting. Oh, I love cream cheese frosting. I got a nice little crispiness from the yeah. caramelized sugar mm-hmm. on top. Mm-hmm. Mm. The cookie is soft. Mm-hmm. I really think I did it. I did good. The cream cheese frosting is perfectly, there's it's not like too much. It's like a custard proxy. Mm. Here I am eating and talking again. I'm sorry, listener. Mm-hmm custard proxy delicious the dough behaved very nicely it is a cookie fit for a hundredth episode yay i'm so pleased to have achieved this i rolled the cookie one tablespoon size balls and then flattened them a bit with a spatula Mm -hmm. i also then flattened them a little more halfway through the baking because they weren't flattening enough for me Mm -hmm. they're great I would bake this again any day. And I think with the exciting blowtorch finish, it could be a crowd pleaser at your next holiday party. Do you have to refrigerate dough for this or is it? It doesn't say to. I did it because for the dual reason that is often the case, which is that we think it's a hack for our gluten-free doughs. And also it took me like three separate days to do this. It does not take long. I just have small chunks of time. Mm-hmm. I don't think the refrigeration of the dough is necessary. And that refrigerated dough may be why you had to smush it a little bit. Well, I did bring it to room temperature before mm-hmm. cooking with it. This morning I got up, I took my dough out, and I took my cream cheese out to soften for my frosting. So listeners, it's not... Uh, high maintenance thing that if you mess up you'll be super sad it's it's a little bit forget it's forgiving enough for me it's forgiving enough for you the flavor's great the texture works i'm happy and you will be too i am happy 
My mouth is happy. It goes perfectly well with my sparkly outfit. Happy that, of course, we get to revisit the science of caramelization. <laughs> you can't get enough of it. I cannot because, you know, there's the Milliard reaction, mm -hmm. which involves proteins, which sugar does not contain any. And then there is caramelization, which, you know what I love about caramelization? And I don't know that we've so ever many things. mentioned this before. The the color, the smell, mm -hmm. the, tech, the crackly texture, the, crackly. the taste. What do you love best, Chris? I love best that we don't understand it fully mm -mm. in the scientific Science, community. Scientists still don't. Wow, that's a lot of S's. Scientists still don't understand? Yeah. Yeah, there's thousands of chemical reactions that happen mm, mm, mm. now that you say that i think maybe you've mentioned this to me before maybe but it's worth mentioning again oh yes because i need a refresher and maybe maybe that's not true because we have touched on it many times but perhaps not actually exposed the true mystery <laughs> the true mystery well you know, so there are monosaccharides and disaccharides, and table sugar is a disaccharide. Okay. Made up of two molecules, glucose and fructose, which we've talked about before. And that's that those two together make sucrose, or sucrose is something else? Those make sucrose. Okay. Yeah, so that makes table sugar. In order to caramelize something, you have to add heat. Sure. Right? You have to add energy. That initiates chemical reactions and so fructose starts reacting at 110 degrees celsius 230 degrees fahrenheit glucose and thus sucrose because it's going to be affected by the highest temperature 320 degrees fahrenheit that sounds high yeah so your blowtorch because i know you're interested in blowtorch science yeah give me just a little guess of what your blowtorch flame temperature is. 1,000 degrees. 2,610 <gasps> degrees Fahrenheit. I thought Fahrenheit. I was being silly. <laughs> Say it were. again. It was too two, low. Two thousand, what? 2,610 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh my. <laughs> there I was in my kitchen. Yeah. The temperature in my is pajamas and Birkenstocks high enough <laughs> to melt many common metals such as aluminum and copper. Oh, and Chris, I put I put aluminum under the cookies while I did this. Was what should I have used? I needed like a special slab of granite to do my blow torching on. <laughs> that would be good. Yeah, just um, do you have you have like soapstone counters? I do. That would have been good. Just okay, just right counter. on the counter. Yeah, any rock. Any rock is fine. That's the rock I have in there now. So we have no problem getting this to 320 degrees. No, clearly Fahrenheit. not. Clearly so not. So you have to be fairly careful with the blowtorch. If you just stuck that blowtorch right on there, touching it, it just all would have vaporized. It would have obliterated it. Yeah. So you have to keep your blowtorch kind of far, you know, like an inch away a little bit. Well, I little, just did that by, you know. By your natural because inclination. Because I'm a chef, like... Like no one you, has known. You've been trained as a as a blowtorch <laughs> operator and chef. <laughs> I wear my certifications proudly. Very good. What you were doing to begin with, the first thing that you did was enolization. Eno like the enola gay, which dropped a bomb. 
and obliterated entire cities. <laughs> That's right. You were reordering the sugars themselves with heat. That's so, a little violent. Yeah. So initially the oxygen atom is bound to a carbon atom. And what you did was you connected the carbon, the oxygen, and the and hydrogen. I fused. I did fusion in my kitchen. Yeah, sort of. You just changed the bonds. Okay. Really. Yeah. Um, and so this is really important because that enables a whole bunch of other chemical reactions to happen. If you Do don't tell. have enolization, you don't have caramelization. Step one, enolization. Yes. Next up. The sugar has to lose some water through a reaction called dehydration. Dehydration. That, that makes sense. Dehydration. After these two things happen, chemists describe everything else that happens in caramelization as the Wild West. <laughs> really? Yes. Scientists say that. They do. So you've got two simple reactions. You've got the the enolization and, and the dehydration. The dehydration. And then crazy town. And then it's, yeah, it's lots of different reactions happening. So you have chemical reactions that turn large molecules brown. That's you, called brownization. This It's actually called oligomerization. Oligio, Olig oligomerization. Say that three times o fast. <laughs> O-L-I-G-O-M-E-R-Z-A-T-I-O-N. Not even going to try it. Go ahead. So that's, <laughs> that's where we form molecules we've talked about before. Caramelin, caramelin. And caramelan. They're the oligarchy of caramelization. They're the caramel sisters. <laughs> <laughs> the Skylar sisters. Um, however, despite the fact that we've mentioned this before, and scientists around the world talk about it, there isn't very strong nor well understood evidence for this happening. It is a theoretical <gasps> chemical reaction. Amazing. A theoretical camera. We're just guessing. Right here in Cookie Lab. And we say something must have happened because now the top of, top of the cookie has little brownish, dark brown spots, many shades of brown. Yeah. Something, something must have happened. Yes. Although I can't see the cookie anymore because we have eaten it. That's right. But we know that there were brown caramel-like things in it. And it sure tasted like that. Right. And we, as cookie scientists, would call them caramelan, caramelan, and caramelin, the three sisters. They are three theoretical sisters. We're not exactly sure what it is. On the other hand, we do know that good caramelization includes kind of like a buttery smell. Mm -hmm. These are diacetyl molecules that are evaporated. What's diacetyl? Like, like alcohol? It's a molecule that has an OH on it. Yeah. So it very easily, easily at that evaporates. temperature comes up into the air as well as hydroxymethyl furfalls. Furfalls. We love those HMFs as we like to call them. Scientists have found over a thousand different components that are formed during caramelization. That is wild. That is wild. Isn't that incredible? And we don't know how things 
like the three sisters are formed or something so simple and pure that comes from farm fresh ingredients of, you know, our custard and our plant based sugar became so complicated just when you said that. Yep, exactly. So enjoy these creme brulee cookies and the complex science that you are performing with a blowtorch. Do it safely. And keep your paws off my creme brulee cookies, Chris, because... You'll be eating all of them. <laughs> it's too <Yeah>. late. <laughs> <laughs> You've shared them. And and happy 100th episode, Yes, happy Jill. one to, Happy... So... 100th so ha- cookie. Happy 100th cookie. When we started, we I thought maybe we'd get through 24. And it's just taken off where our creativity has not diminished in any way. And we have found that so many cookies have wonderful stories. Yes, every cookie has one. Wonderful science. And there's always something to learn. There's always something to learn. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to explore caramel popcorn cookies. Is that coming up soon? Or just plain old caramel or well that all falls into the caramelization uh, category okay but it's not caramelization lab oh that's right it's cookie lab so it could be anything anything could be coming up next week come back and listen next week is going to be sparkly cookie day yeah i would think so based on that outfit you're wearing (laughs) (laughs) thank you all right see you next week see you then bye bye It's Cookie Lab.